0: You're listening to the Bill Shaves Podcast, presented by Midco Sports Network. It's almost March, and that means it is tournament time on Midco SN. From the NSIC to the Summit League to the NCHC, we've got the games that matter most in the region's top conferences, and we've got the best crew on board to bring them to you. Keep it tuned to Midco Sports Network. This is how we do sports, and this is the Bill Shaves Podcast. All right, welcome to another edition of the Bill Chaves podcast, episode number 27, taping this on a Monday morning, back to the Monday tapings this week, February the 25th, another brisk one outside alongside producer David Folsky, athletics director, Bill Chaves. I'm Alex Sainert. I keep looking at the temperature and keep expecting it to get better now that we're getting later in the year and it's it's actually going the opposite direction this past week. Are there times, Bill, where you think to yourself, man... Did I make the right choice in coming to Grand Forks when you look at the thermometer like that? Is that ever- Well,
1: Well, you know, in taking and being afforded the opportunity to, to, to sit in the chair that I'm sitting in, uh, as Bill Carr was doing the search, he, he did say, I, I, he, I'm sure he said it to, to all the candidates, is that weather cannot be an issue. Mm-hmm. That like That literally, literally is the very first thing, in his opinion. Now, again... He's coming up from Florida doing the search, and you know, and it was chilly. I think a couple times when he came up, and mm-hmm. he just said, you know, it, that cannot be an issue. And it, it really, it, for me, it's not an issue. It's just yeah. it's a, it's a non-starter. I'll be I'll be straight though. Last week, I forget what day it was. It was maybe like twenty something degrees. The one day where it was really sunny out, mm-hmm. it felt great felt out.
0: Yeah, that was well, honestly Saturday. Leaving the women's basketball game for a moment everything's melting the sun's out i mean it was just but that's the thing when you're used to negative 15 and you get a, a, a day that's in the in the 20s it feels like it's 50 degrees outside it feels like i mean you just it's amazing that difference and change and we've had a little bit of that yo-yo effect just for little glimpses unfortunately we're getting plunged right back into the deep. yeah i
1: mean not not to be captain obvious here but it's 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 cold and wind yeah if you have both boy that's that's a tough combo yeah, I mean, that is a tough combo yeah, and we've had both more often than not unfortunately this winter yeah and, and when you know when it's not then it's just really brisk and it's fine but uh but boy you enter in with that wind yikes it gets it gets chilly pretty quick
0: yeah. one of the nice things was that again all of our events this weekend were indoors yep so positive things and a lot of positive results from around the university yeah. of North Dakota athletics yeah. indoors. you know You kind of—I mean, really—you could—you could could go a lot of different directions. We have—we have champions in the Summit League and in the indoor track and field to talk about. We've got. You know, both men's and women's basketball teams now officially clinched to go to Sioux Falls for the Summit League tournament. Hockey with a big split over the defending national champs. Softball beating Big Ten teams down in Arizona. I mean, take your pick. We could really start it on a lot of different areas here, Bill, today on, on what is a pretty good day. To yeah, be you know,
1: I, I think, you know, it's probably fair to start that it, there's a potential that we may have two individuals go to the national indoors, and that would be the first time in the Division One era, uh, era. And so... Uh, y- Today is Monday. The pod will drop tomorrow, so it'll be a Tuesday. And I believe Tuesday night is when we're going to find out whether Kylie or Molly uh, makes it. And so, uh, obviously, uh, Kylie won uh, the pole vault. Congratulations to her. And Molly finished in second. So, uh, what we were talking off off pod is that uh, three of the top 11 weight throwers uh, reside in the Summit League. Yeah. So it's pretty pretty amazing stuff. So yeah, we had a number of school records uh, that were broken as well. So uh, so kudos um, to to the indoor uh, you know track and field teams and uh, and obviously you know specifically those two. And hopefully, knock on wood, we get good word tomorrow.
0: Yeah, both the men and the women finishing fifth in the indoor championships in their first go here in the Summit League. You mentioned again, Kylie Foster winning the pole vault, 14 feet two and three quarters inches. She extends her old school record. She's now like two and a half feet above the person in second place on the all-time record books, like that's really really impressive. And then Molly Detloff, who of course is a former All-American, yeah, finishing runner-up in the summit in the weight throwing. Now she's she's top eleven in the country. Um, Kylie's a little little further down the list in the pole vault, but they both have a good chance potentially to make it on, and that would be a big thing for UND track and field and Kevin Galbraith's last season.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And I know uh, I think we had a couple other school records: Erica Benson and the HEP, and Madison Overby in the mm-hmm. three uh, three thousand. So good for good for those two. And Aaron brown i think tied her school record her own school record in the 60 uh, 60 meter hurdles so you know good good for them and uh, it must have, you know it, it as we as we spoke about it last week it's always kind of neat when you get all of these teams in one spot yeah. and you know there's just a different environment different vibe it's
0: funny because they typically don't this doesn't happen when you get all the summit league schools competing in the same meet it happens just once a year in the indoor season and once a year in outdoor yep and when the championship's on the line and, and you're fighting for your it's team neat, and it? points it's it's the best i just love it and it was down in brookings this past weekend at the sanford uh, s jacks the sanford yep. Rabbit sports complex Um, I do want to ask you now that UND, of course, has this great facility up here that now has seating. Have there been conversations about potentially North Dakota hosting a future Summit in North Dakota? Yeah, you know
1: we're we're getting we're going to be in the rotation. So uh, uh, probably not for another uh, four to five years somewhere in there. I think it's twenty three. We're in the rotation. So, um, but you know we we definitely want to be in the rotation. No doubt about it. So uh, so that'd be exciting. But you're right. I. There's nothing, uh, I guess, quite like when you just get to the point where you just get the best of the best and, you know, they're at a place where it's it's perform time, right? Yeah. I mean, and right then. And, you know, we've seen even Olympians, you know, where they, they drop the baton. Mm-hmm. You know, four years of four years of work just watching it on the track just tumble down. Yeah. You know, that's a tough one.
0: Yeah, there wasn't much of that going on this weekend. No, there were a, lot, a lot of no. people performing their best. And, it was uh, awesome. Yeah, great to see Kylie, Molly, and the rest of the crew perform so well. Uh, down in Brookings here at the Summit Indoor Track and Field Championships. Uh, speaking of down south, the softball team down in Arizona had some weather issues yep. that caused some delays and and some switches of, of matchups. But in the end, you wouldn't be able to overcome it. They take three of four down there. They beat Michigan State twice. They also beat Yale. I mean, you can't ask for a better weekend. Great, great stuff. Yeah, lost to Grand Canyon. Obviously, Grand Grand
1: Canyon, obviously, is pretty darn good, right? I mean, they're just in that climate. So, uh, but yeah, good for the softball team. They've taken on uh, just a hefty schedule and uh, just really, really difficult. But again, about the only way we can describe it is just, you know, rolling into the first tee box, you know, basically saying, all right, go hit it. Go hit it straight, you know, and stretching. Yeah, go stretch. Give it it your best. Go, go, give it your best. Yeah, hopefully you get the short grass. Good for you, but uh, but good for us. And uh, you know that's a uh, that's a neat uh, that's a uh, great some great results for us. And uh, this will give us some confidence moving forward.
0: Yeah, down in Florida now this coming weekend. Sets in a familiar sight for UND fans. What was it? Not not by the water, but by the land. That's exactly right. Boom,
1: boom. That yeah, yeah, that is now yours. You can now take it. It's yours. (laughs)
0: <laughs> the Stetson Hatter classic coming up this weekend. You'll never forget. I will never I never will forget. I, I really gotta chuckle out of that. Um it's good to have those little connotations with some of these smaller schools that obviously are not in your conference and not even close to your geographic footprint, yeah. but Stetson, a team now that we again, played in women's basketball at the tournament down there. Now we're going back with softball. I believe we played Stetson a couple of times, play Monmouth as well. Yep. So some familiar opposition where you see the same team yep. more than once over the weekend. But five more games down in hopefully sunny Florida for Jordan Stevens. Knock Before on Monmouth. wood.
1: Hopefully, you know. I mean, I, even you know the some of the places where we thought would be better weather hasn't yeah, been. hasn't been. You know, yeah. but it's okay.
0: One of those weird years. Yep. But, but congrats, good good start again for the softball team. They keep rolling. Um, Men's hockey, speaking of good starts, another opening goal on the opening shift of the game on Friday night against Duluth. Great Friday performance, a big 4-1 win win for Bradbury and company. Just like last week, though, in Kalamazoo, unable to follow it up with the performance on Saturday as they fall by a goal to the Bulldogs. That's kind of been the story, just tough to find back-to-back games against, obviously, top-10 opposition, one of the best teams in the country. It's difficult to complete a sweep. But, you know, it's that balance. Good game Friday, tough game Saturday, and now they're kind of back in the same spot they were last week in regards to pairwise and NCHC standings.
1: Yeah, the, uh, I, so you know what I did yesterday? I just was curious. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, it, it, this is going to be a kind of a B-side topic on the A-side. And so I said, what would happen if our hockey team was in the Champions League and oh. we were playing aggregate? Oh. And we've played 10 series this year. We'd be 6-3-1. and Hmm. interesting uh, you know uh, what what is fascinating even now as we now finish a, obviously we had a, a you know a, a, a gauntlet if you will with with the last few weeks you mm-hmm. know everybody in this league is tough yeah. and, and so so because you're sitting in certain you know positions at one through eight uh, as we know all these teams are going to be difficult and so uh, yeah it's just uh, it's, it's tough at some point to put Back to backs together when you're struggling to score a bit, yeah. and uh, you know when you're when you again, I think we set it off off pot a little bit. It feels like there's only so much offensive bandwidth that, and and so if you score first, it just I, I think it, it loosens the team a little bit, and when you don't, then all of a sudden you're yeah, starting to tight. figure it
0: out. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned this coming at the end of this four week or four series in five weeks stretch where they've played top ten teams every week. It was a split against St. Cloud State, uh, two one-goal defeats in Denver with an overtime thrown in there, a split against Western Michigan on the road, and then a split against Duluth. I mean, it's about what you could expect, really. It's hard when you're going up against top teams like this week in, week out, to find ways to win back-to-back games and you and these kind of played 500 hockey and that's kind of been the way the season has gone this year
1: yeah I mean it's a uh it's just a really um you know on a week-to-week basis it's just hard to sweep a team and so uh you know but you know I know these guys are grinding and they're trying uh you know it hasn't been from lack of effort I think maybe Mm -hmm. you know there's maybe a game or two maybe you'd want to have back so to speak but but not many from an effort standpoint. So, uh, and I was happy to see uh, Peter uh, come back and, and and go into the net. That that was a tough situation to have to be thrust into right. after having not played in a while. So, I thought he afforded himself uh, quite well over the weekend. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, in Colorado Springs, they they put what eight eight up on the board yeah. on Saturday night.
0: Six unanswered um, hmm. for, yeah, against, against Western Michigan, a very good defensive team. So CC has been a team this year, and Brad Schlossman of the Grand Forks Herald has done a great job profiling. How they've lost so much. You talk about wanting to have games back. They've had a multitude of games where they've had leads in the third, or have been up by a goal late, and just seen yep. games slip away. And lost they... two
1: overtime games here.
0: Exactly. I mean, that's a, a small microcosm of their season. They would be in the hunt for a Penrose right now if some of those results would have gone the other way. When they, had, you know, we're able just to close games out. So. Um, it's a unique week for Colorado college because they play on Tuesday night against Denver in a makeup game from a a blizzard series they had back in January. So five games in nine days for the tigers. It's tough. It's also a bit unique because North Dakota has not played on an Olympic ice sheet yet this season. And that's what Broadmoor world arena has. And so um, we're blessed here because you've got the Ralph, which is an NHL size rank, and then they can just go down the hallway and they've got an Olympic size sheet to sort of get used to, but just a lot of interesting components about this. And These are games, of course, that UND desperately needs now. And depending on what happens on Tuesday night with Denver, North Dakota will either be three points back when they play the Tigers on Friday, or six points back of home ice. Yep. And with four games left, you got you got to just win out and hope things go your way.
1: That's right. I mean, I I, you know, or or at worst, maybe three out of four, if you want to give yourself a chance potentially to get to the fourth spot, possibly. But possibly. But at the end of the day, I you know what? It's the one on Friday. Yeah. That's it. One at a time. I mean, you can't get two in one day. You can't. <laughs> that's right. No, no double hunters. Uh,
0: that's right. Yeah, so big big series coming up this weekend. Fun that, um, again, CBS Sports Network will be out in Colorado Springs on Friday night. Yep. It's a 9 o'clock Central start, so just prepare, get get ready for that That, And then it'll be Saturday, 7 o'clock Central time um, on NCHC.tv. So a couple big games. i will got only four games left in the regular season. It's crazy that yep. we're at that point. So nuts. A couple of big ones coming up for Brad Berry and company. Um, speaking of big games, men's basketball with a huge win over Denver at home, uh, 81-63 on Saturday, closing out the home portion of the regular season on a high note. Um, Brian Jones's team now has won back-to-back games. And all of a sudden, it's in the conversation. They've clinched their spot in Pursuit Falls. They can move all the way up to the fifth spot with Royal mm-hmm. Roberts losing this weekend. Mm-hmm. It, it, two games left. The team's playing great basketball right now.
1: Yeah, no no doubt. Good to see Connor back. And yeah. that that was that was great. Um, yeah, I, you know, they're... Uh, They're just going to be, I think, an interesting matchup. I really do. I just think we play different enough than other teams that uh – my guess is uh, we just have to keep doing our thing right now, and uh, I think you just get there, and you know everyone's zero and zero, so you let it rip. I mean, it should be interesting, you know. And even the top of the league, you know, I, I watched South Dakota State last last week a little bit, and obviously Mike Dom's ridiculous. I mean, good for him, and I think he just went score points. over three thousand yep. points. I mean, congratulations, just awesome when you can actually watch history. Yep. So that was that was neat, but um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think um, you know, I, I think any. Any team, literally to some degree, can beat anybody. I think in Sioux Falls. I think it's going to be. A, I, I think it's going to be a crapshoot down there.
0: Yeah, North Dakota with a couple of road games this week will know where they land by Saturday night. Um, at Fort Wayne, of course, is difficult at 6:30. By the way, on Thursday, and then at South Dakota, a team that we just had. You know, UND played pretty well over the course of that game. Had a little stretch where the wheels kind of fell off midway yep. through the second half, and that was enough for the Coyotes to get the job done. But that's a USD team that will be. In the kind of in the same boat, can be as high as five, could be as low as eight, depending on what happens the next couple days. So that could be a huge game on Saturday afternoon against the Coyotes to determine who's playing who the following week down in Sioux Falls.
1: Yeah, I heard uh, I heard Brian after uh, after the game with uh, with Paul, and he kind of felt that same way. Just that we just didn't play great against USD here yeah. for that stretch. So hopefully, uh, you just want to keep playing, you know, good ball, and uh, it gives your gives yourself a chance when uh, when we get down to Sioux Falls
0: so the men able to win this weekend the women an incredible comeback against Denver that was a, a crazy basketball game and they come up of really 0.1 seconds away from winning it in regulation and then one point short in overtime.
1: Yeah. I, and, and it's a pretty good Denver team. So I, uh, you know, uh, again, when you have six seniors on your team and, and congratulations to all the seniors who were honored over the weekend, uh, you know, I, I think you go down to Sioux falls and, and, and when you have, you know, one of the best players in the league on your team, you have a shot. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, we just got to find a way to uh, to to you know get the matchups uh, that, however, that works. Um, and and because I think there's been a little bit of uh, changes in the mid mid part portion that three portion five has is, changed is really a little bit. Yeah, yes. still, so still yeah. don't know who it's going to be at some point. But yeah, we just got to uh, we we got to play our best ball down there, no doubt.
0: Yeah, the women. It was a 92-91 loss. Yeah, big day for Lexi Claybo, 33 points another double-double for her just again not quite enough and it took it took a, a crazy shot from like 25 feet away with no time left to send the game into overtime after UND had trailed by as many as 18 in the second half they come all the way back a big yep. 17-2 run um, not to rehash the whole thing but they like that's it just shows like why you could see that that team wanted to win that game for their seniors like yep. North Dakota just and it was the seniors getting the job done of course as well. But. There was just such a belief and such a determination to come back to try and pull one off. But it's nice to know that that does not end the season. You get two more games coming up again. Same thing with the men. Purdue-Fort Wayne, Thursday at 4 o'clock. A big one against one of the league leaders, South Dakota, Saturday at 2. But a chance to try and build some momentum going into Sioux Falls, where they will likely be the sixth seed and then play either Western Illinois or Oral Roberts or now Denver, all those teams are sort of in play.
1: I know. It's hard, it's hard to figure out what's going to happen. But, yeah, knock on wood, hopefully, uh, you know, we go play. Uh, you know, it's interesting after really kind of a, uh, a crazy Saturday, especially for our staff. Uh, oh, you know, now all of a sudden you, you kind of hit a no home games week. <laughs> it's kind of interesting yeah. how that works. But a lot, a lot of uh, teams on the road.
0: Yeah, exciting that this is, you know, kind of the last week of the regular season for, for hoops. Track and field now is kind of in the books, softball on the road still, hockey with two more weeks left in the regular campaign. I mean, March is right on the doorstep. And that's yep. that's when these games really kick into high gear and you start to see just that excitement, all the work you've put in over the course of a season. It builds up to this. It's got to be an exciting time. It is, this.
1: it is. I, you know, and I think we just... Uh you know, we just want to keep playing our best so that you just give yourself a shot once the tournament's hit. And, uh, you know, hopefully we're as healthy as we can be uh, on, on all uh, you know fronts. So we'll see what transpires. But like I said, I, I thought the Connor piece was, was big getting him back. So that was, that was huge for the team.
0: Yeah, I do want to do a quick plug just to make sure people are aware. So one week left in the basketball regular seasons. We'll know where North Dakota will be playing, who they'll be playing, what day they'll be playing by Saturday night in the Summit League Tournament. And again, if you're if you're new to this, because North, North Dakota is new, of course, to this league, the Summit League will play Saturday. You'll have the women in the quarterfinals in the afternoon. One plays eight, two plays seven. And then the men will do the same that night. One plays eight, two plays seven. And then on Sunday, same deal. Women will play in the afternoon, in the quarters. Three plays six, four plays five. Same thing for the men at night. So if you're a UND fan and you want to be able to see the most basketball hockey action, you're hoping that the men can climb up and be a six-seater better because then you'll have the women playing more than likely on Sunday in a 6-3 game, the men hopefully playing on Sunday as well, and then you'd have hockey on Saturday night so you can catch hockey against Omaha Saturday, make the trip to Sioux Falls Sunday morning and still catch both basketball games. If that does not work out, We'll have those games all on Midco Sports Network. So the nice thing is you'll have a television guide just just in case you can't make the trip or the weather's bad or it doesn't quite work out. But that's what we're hoping for, that they can get a top six seed, be playing on Sunday. Get both of those teams playing the same day. That'll be a lot of fun. It'll be
1: helpful, no doubt about it. So uh, I I look forward to uh, to going down to the tournament. I know uh, um, our our conference does a great job with with the tournament, and I know Midco does an awesome job with it as well. So it should be should be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, we do blow out the coverage. You do. We'll go on the air at about eleven forty-five, and we'll be on in the morning and be on the air until about ten thirty at night. And it's post game press conferences, it's pre game shows, it's it's the whole deal. So it's it's going to be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to that kicking off again. Just in in two weeks, it's unbelievable. That's that's it's
1: right, it's right around the corner. It is nuts. Uh, we're excited. So, anything
0: else from a UND perspective, Bill? You want to touch on?
1: No, I think uh, I think that's about it. We've got again a lot of teams on the road this week, so hopefully safe travels to to all of them. But no, I think we're good.
0: Yeah, as we flip over to the, we're gonna call it the A minus side because this is a topic that has NCAA, you know. Are, the, the fingers are there. Like, this has connections to the NCAA. It also has a little bit of pro connection as well. And it's not really UND centric, but one of the big stories of this last week was North Carolina playing Duke, a huge game. You know, tickets were going for upwards of $3,000, like Super Bowl prices, to go see this game. And in the first 30 seconds, the headliner, Zion Williamson, who's going to be the number one pick in the NBA draft, the best player in college basketball this year, blows out a sneaker and sprains his knee and has to come off. And is now kind of day to day, they're not really sure when he's gonna be back. And there's been, it's, it's issued a lot of conversation about whether or not Zion should've even had to go to school for a year, this whole one and done thing, or you, you, your freshman year, you gotta play in college before you go to the NBA. Um, and it's, it's such a unique situation because we were talking before the pod, people seem to think that this is a college rule but this is not that, that you have to go to school for a year before you go to, go pro. This is an NBA rule that's kind of in place. Kind of give us your thoughts about this whole situation of yeah. what, what what the kids are in and what the what the media storm is around this.
1: Well, it's just fascinating. I, I think you even have some of the players in, in uh, the NBA themselves don't necessarily know the reason why there's a one-and-done rule, which it, it's fascinating to be the misconception that's out there. And, and part of it is maybe the NCAA has done really – a uh, not a great job of, of, of providing the narrative th- as to what it actually is. Well, yeah. uh, you know, whatever it was, X amount of years ago, there was a the collective bargaining agreement between the players in the league that basically said that, that you couldn't join the league until 19, until mm-hmm. the year after your high school class graduates. Well, it's no different than what football has with three years yep. that has to be uh, separation between your high school graduation and, and joining the league. So, but 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 it seems like the, many folks out there are thinking this is an NCAA rule and and I I now what the NCAA could do uh, member and again who's the NCAA it's all the member association right so it's 351 schools the the, the 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 association could say if you want to come to play college basketball you have to stay for a minimum of let's like, say two years now that could happen that would absolutely eliminate the one and done but it also would put certain kids in a tough spot basically that want to play college at least initially and so i think there's just it just this kind of amplified and underscored sort of how should i say the um people not necessarily understanding why this occurred and Mm -hmm. now now you ask why why well because if I'm the NBA, I want all the data points I can get while I'm investing millions of dollars into an individual. And so what's the best way of getting data points is to play against top-level yep. competition yep. in college. And so, listen to Daryl Morey. He was on with, uh, I think, Colin last week, and I listened to Daryl. He was great. He just said, Huh, it's great. I get nine months yeah. of 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 analyzing, and so without that, now now you know if you go back to when LeBron was was coming in and Kobe and all those, go back. I haven't done this, but go take a look on how many eighteen year olds yeah. applied for the draft, didn't get drafted. Or the ones that did get drafted, number one, how should I say, didn't pan didn't out well. Pan out,
0: yes, I mean that's and that's where this rule stems from because there was that stretch. It kind of started. I mean, obviously, the first one who really did it uh, was Moses Malone back in the eighties, right? Went, the, went, yeah, right, and that yeah. was kind of the first thing. And then Kevin Garnett was kind of the next the one next about wave. fifteen years yep. later, and that started this run of KG and Kobe. And you saw these guys come out, Tracy McGrady, come out of high school and have success, and then everybody thought oh well this is the way to do it Kwame Brown gets taken number one overall and that was kind of the last but there were so many guys in that short window that as you said were were busts really they weren't they weren't good enough to make it uh,
1: or 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 better situation they they, were not ready to be in the league they just were not ready and and how do you get ready well the NBA is trying to figure out this thing with the G League Mm -hmm. and so that's a that's a possibility but you know Part of all of this and some of the narrative that's out there, too, is that, you know, the, 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 the students that come in don't get anything. Well, you get the brand, a, a, a long historical brand that ultimately you play on a platform that increases your brand. Yeah. And so I'm going to guess that Zion Williamson, his brand is better than it's ever been today. At moving forward, and I'm, I think he's going to be just fine. And it's really not—it's really not him. It's—it's—it's it's, it's the the one percenters or the less one percenters. That—that's not what this conversation is yeah. about. It's about everybody else. Mm-hmm. But I do believe this, though. I they, you, at 18, you should have your opportunity. You should be able to do whatever it is you want to do. And if you want to declare for the NBA draft, you should be able to declare for the NBA draft. I mean, that's my opinion. Yeah. But now, if I'm the NBA, think about it their league's going to get younger, mm-hmm. markedly younger. And it's not a guarantee it's going to get better. I could argue it will get
0: worse. I would, I would agree with you on that. Yeah, I, th- I think you've seen – I think there's a reason why the NBA has gotten to be a much more competitive product and a, and a much more fun product to watch it, from an entertainment standpoint. The basketball is is better because the guys have had a little more time. To We don't have a bunch of kids that are just sort of showing up right out of high school and trying to figure things out on the fly while they're in an NBA roster. I, I, I don't love, personally I, told, I get everything you're saying. I don't love the fact that, I wish kids would stay for four years and I know, I know you do too. I mean it makes college basketball better. You get a better sense of like knowing these guys year in, year out. It bums me out a little bit that you, yeah. just, you just get a, a cup I of coffee and, 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 and then you're gone. I think but, when you're
1: ready to go, you go.
0: Yeah, I, it, think, that's, I know, think that's fun.
1: It, and and I, I'm, I'm good with it all. I really am. I, I mean, I, what do they say about Stanford? Uh, you know, the, the, <laughs> It's really about the Stanford dropout. Hmm. because at the end of the day, they've probably started their own business and and changed the world. (laughs) I I mean, so at the end of the day, here, same scenario. If you're ready to go play at the highest level and go be a professional at something, go for it. I I, I have no problem with it. Yeah, it's nice when there's a four-year, you know, um, and you get to know everyone, but, you know, that might not be technically reality as far as what it is. But if you do the math, there's only so many slots. Right. And so now what's going to end up happening is the slots will, the, the average age of the slots will reduce and the experience will be reduced. And who knows how polished they are at that point. The NBA is going to have to make decisions. Mm-hmm. Kwame Brown's a perfect one. Kwame probably wasn't ready, but he was crazy not to go. Right. Because your
0: potential, and that's where it comes into play. NBA teams are drafting on potential at that point. You're not drafting on results or actuality of what you're thinking. Well, this, how much better is this guy going to be? And I don't. It's all projection, be right? And and you don't have a body of work to go off of. So you've got to take kids like that, and and they would be stupid not to, because this is your opportunity to get millions of dollars right now. And if you go to college and people see you play, even if you don't, even if you have a great college career, we'll know what you are at that point. You're you're not projection. You're not just. There's well, this idea of what you could be. We know, oh, this is the kind of player you are, totally. and you'll
1: take the kid that's 18 that you totally. think could be
0: the next Jordan totally. or the next LeBron instead.
1: Totally, and and, and at the end of the day, um, you know, I hope that that the G League, it, it's here. Here's what's amazing to me. It, it's actually shocking in so many ways, and I think they're finally getting there. Is the G League should have one G League team per team. That would make sense. How how hard is that concept? (laughs) And and really, there should be options. And and you know what? If you don't want it, it, the the last thing you want is is, is a student coming in that doesn't want to be a student. That's not, I mean, no one wants that. That that defeats the
0: purpose. Totally
1: defeats the purpose. So there should be a pathway, whether it's Europe, whether it's the G League, whatever it is, there should be a pathway for for someone that wants to just go and do that. And I I don't blame them if that's the case, but, you know, really what's happened here, and it'll be interesting to see how that one works out because I I think that G League needs to be funded a little bit better. I mean, by the NBA, Mm -hmm. And it's players. I mean, it would seem like there would be logical thought process that if I'm a 29 or 30 year old, that it's kind of a veteran that wants to, you know, get another two years in, having a robust G League would make some sense.
0: It's one of those things to me that like the NBA is such a different model than anything else and and uh, really every sport kind of is obviously the nhl is a completely different model with with what they've got with the ahl and everything major league baseball is similar a bit to the national hockey league in some sense where you've got obviously three different farm systems and every team has got triple a double a single a and then you've got the nfl that has kind of nothing it's sort of college and then it's just this and now we've got like the aafl or whatever which i've not watched at all and maybe that's a different topic for another day but it's um it's unique that the nba is kind of yeah never really embraced this minor league system and has kind of had a g league or this you know the developmental league for a couple years but they haven't quite figured out what to do with it or what the best mold is i trust adam silver i think he's a great commissioner and i think they're going to get it they'll they'll get this whole mess i think so in, in 10 years, mm-hmm. this won't be a thing anymore. I really think they'll have this yep. thing figured out. But, but, but it's, all, it's unique to see but how all this the conversation... Way, all
1: went. the way back, all the way back, if I, again, I, I think I said this before we were chatting, before we, we went on the pod, if I, 10, 10 average sport fan. And I walked down the street and I said to him, is the one and done an NCA issue or an NBA issue? Or who, who started it? How, yeah. Why is it occurring right now? You could argue it's the NCA because, again, you're allowing the, the, the students to come in. So that's a. But really, it was a collectively bargained deal. And I guarantee you, it would it, you'd get seven people saying it's an NCA yeah. issue.
0: Well, not anymore if they've listened to this podcast. Hey, if
1: you're still there, thank you. <laughs> thank you.
0: We're all about educating. That's educating exactly right. On the Bill Chairs Pod.
1: Oh, good stuff.
0: Um, let's fully go over to the B side now. It was a fun weekend of soccer, and I want to talk to you about a couple different topics. I think first of all, a tough one for for Spurs this weekend.
1: It was about I, I, I said it to you after the game on on Friday night. I said I wasn't. They were going to drop one of these on the road at yeah. some point in time. You just it's hard to to go through teams I think eleven through twenty and go on the road and go a perfect ten and zero. I, I, and you, if you're going to win the Premier League, you need to go ten and zero. And we even saw Manchester City drop one, I think, mm-hmm. on the road. It happens, and they mm-hmm. they were okay. I actually, you know what? They got beat by the better team on Saturday. Yeah. They're yeah. not, uh, not a best, best of seven. A best of seven. Tottenham's <laughs> going to win it, but but not on Saturday. Yeah. Not on Saturday.
0: Burnley has been a team that has traditionally kind of done this. Like you, they they punched above their weight. They they're a small club but they have a good mentality of being, you know.
1: They know who they are. They
0: like being an underdog. And and they know who they are. And they've embraced that. Now, Burnley goes up 1-0. Harry Kane in his return. Great. Scores a great goal off a throw-in. I mean, that's that's fun. Like, it was a great, great set play, great individual effort, 1-1. One, one. At that point, you got to be thinking, well, we're going to go on now and take care of business. Or were you still kind of on the fence? Uh, I, I guess, don't know. I, little...
1: I thought Burnley was playing really well. I yeah. thought I thought they were good. I think they had the better of the play. Mm-hmm. So, and, I, it, and it was one of those weird ones where it just the, the Spurs back was the back four, whatever they were playing or whatever. Yeah. I, I don't know what they were. All I know is it wasn't very good. Yeah. On Saturday. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, they just had too many options, too many, like, the way Burnley plays, it was surprising to me they had so many offensive yep. opportunities. But yep. they had better, as we like to say, grade-A scoring chances than, <laughs> than, say, Tottenham did.
0: Yeah, um, Burnley gets a goal toward the end of the contest. They win 2-1. Um, Spurs now at title hopes are not 100%. Not 100%. I mean, that's Liverpool didn't didn't they, beat Man United. They got a little lucky because so, of the
1: one point. Yep. It, it, definitely, definitely. But it it really actually hurts the other way more. Yeah. Three would have really yeah. got them in the hunt. They're, they're, they've not been in the hunt. I've said this whole pod. They're not. It's a two-team race. Yeah, it's a. Two, they're just trying to get third or fourth. I mean, yeah. I, they should get third. I would. I would think. But you know what? You never know. Yeah. Man U still playing pretty good.
0: It's been a completely. That, that's what makes this league, I think, a lot of fun because oh. you, even when you think you maybe kind of have things figured out, you know, teams change managers so often. And it's we, crazy. We, Manchester United was a team that was so far adrift and just. Morose and depressing and then they switch managers and now they've won I think of, of the 12 games that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has, has taken over they've won 10 of them They've yeah. drawn one they lost one in the Champions League, but it's just the team just it, it's a completely different feel around that club and Chelsea the same way they looked great in the first half of the season now the wheels have completely come off and They had obviously a very interesting incident this past weekend they're playing a Manchester City team that beat them 6-0 in the league just a week ago. They're playing them in the Carabao Cup. This is the League Cup competition. So kind of the of the big four competitions that these English teams play in, this is the, the minnow of them all. But still, a trophy at stake. They play with Manchester City for 120 minutes. Goal is not exactly exciting football, but goal is draw through regulation, through overtime. Their goalkeeper, Kepa, uh Ritha Gabala, young man, good player, has been injured a couple times over the course of the game. He'd been dealing with some hamstring stuff coming in. They're getting ready to go to a penalty shootout. And his coach makes the decision: hey, let's get our backup netminder in because we're worried that you're not gonna be able to go in the shootout. And then we're <laughs> then if the goalkeeper can't move in a shootout, well that's gonna pretty much seal your fate there. So he gets the sub ready. He sends the, the card in, Willy Caballero, who's a fantastic you know, bearded man from Argentina that had a howler in the World Cup. That's a different story, but he's getting ready to go in. And Kepa basically says, no, I'm going to continue playing, and waves off the substitution. Did you see this, by the no. way? It was incredible, incredible drama. And Maurizio Sarri, who's the Chelsea head coach who smokes four packs of cigarettes a day, that's not a, that's not an exaggeration, that's what he does, is down on the touchline screaming his goalkeeper to get off the field because I want to replace you. And Kepa basically says, no, I am not going to come off. I am fine. <laughs> Go back to the bench. And after about 90 seconds of this, like, are you going to come off? What's going to happen? The coach just gives in and says, all right, fine. Stay out there then. And Chelsea ended up losing in a shootout.
1: Wow. So That can't crazy be Crazy stuff. Not great. Not great. Not, not a great look. Probably doesn't put you in a good frame of mind as you're heading into PKs. No. no. Probably. Um,
0: Kepa made one, made one save, stopped uh, Leroy Sané on one of the attempts but then let uh, let all the other ones get by him. And So uh, there you go. So but so it was just so unique like I've just never ever seen a, That's crazy. a player saying, "No, I'm not going to come off." That's crazy. And so um if you now it'll put you in the chairman's shoes when you see your coach, who's already a bit under fire, again they just lost six nothing last week. Right. They've been losing games, kind of week in week out the last couple of weeks. Still yeah. top five right now, but if you're Roman Abranovich that owns the team, do you look at this and say, "All right, we got it. our coach. Obviously, has no control. We got to make a change," or do you kind of say, "Well"? I mean, I, good for the goalkeeper for sticking up for himself. I don't know. I, where do you where I, do you put The yourself? way
1: the way the the way they, as we like to say, sack managers over there. <laughs> it, it doesn't take much for them no. to have to think through some things, and so uh, yeah, I you know. Um, I, interesting. That that's what I'll say. I, I I just saying those those are things that are better left in the in the in the locker room, yeah. right? And it just it, not when played it,
0: out in front of yeah. When it yeah. manifests
1: itself in, in PKs, I mean that's 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 obviously there's got to be more conversation going on. But you know, even even if I'm the player, I mean, what's the point? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you're you, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense no, to me.
0: Cup final. I mean, like that's after the fact. They both both coach and players said it was a misunderstanding. Sorry, said like we, we thought he was too injured to go sure. on. He was very adamant that he was fine. I and it. He was trying to make sure that you know they didn't they weren't making a change based on injury. But man, that's tough. That's that's, that's tough. tough. That's a tough look. So,
1: well, I like I said, I, I think heading into it, it's it's City and Liverpool on the Premier side, and it's everybody else. Yeah, it's so. one,
0: one point gap now they're level wow. level on games played. So that that one game in hand thing that Liverpool had, that's done. But City still has to play United. Yep. which is always a massive game. Liverpool are kind of in the boat where they don't – they have play, play play Everton coming up midweek, which is tough. That's a Derby game, of yep. course. But but Everton's been terrible this season. And yep. all the other teams that Liverpool play really are either going to be at home. Yep. It, it's not top six opposition. It's there. It's theirs to lose now. They control their own destiny against teams that are below. It, it'll them, be interesting. Well them in it'll standards. be
1: interesting how they how they take that on. I'm curious. It, it will be curious. And again, part of it could be they're just not as healthy too. That that could be part of it. But but you know, I, I'll give Klopp credit. I, you know, he's got them playing or believing or whatever. So, but it's going to be. It'll be a two horse race, and it'll be it'll be fascinating theater as it goes down to yeah. the wire.
0: Liverpool, by the way, have now played 180 minutes in their last two big games on midweek in the Champions League against. Bayern Munich and then at the weekend against Manchester United. And both games ended in goalless draws. Yep. And so I watched a lot of a lot of soccer this week and didn't have a lot to cheer about. But again, that's yep. the beauty of the game. There were a lot of great chances on both sides. So keeps you coming back. Um, one last thought. Did you watch the Oscars last night, Bill? Uh,
1: a little bit. Had it on in the background. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big movie guy. Mm-hmm. I'm just not. Um, I don't know. We, are we surprised that... Bohemian Rhapsody didn't win or is that a surprise uh, not a surprise
0: people I think were more surprised that Green Book won Best Picture okay. more so than Bohemian Rhapsody lost okay. I think, I think people it. were surprised that Bohemian Rhapsody won a Golden Globe
1: for that Ye- okay. and then
0: once they won that then it was like oh maybe they could win Best Picture Got it. it's just such a weird deal I mean yeah. that's you talk about you know NCAA Selection Committee this is like that yep. but in such a different sense where it's a select group of people in the Academy Award uh, Committee group and
1: well, it feels yeah. like, it feels like that's that's those are decisions that are made that seem like um, it, it's always interesting to see how it ages yeah <laughs> you know what I mean it's like yes. ten years from now I you're know. gonna look back and go was that the right call yep. or we, or we're, we're, we're just enamored by some aspect of the movie
0: yeah. What's so interesting is how the voting works out. So, obviously, unlike the NCAA tournament, where you're in a room, literally with people and yep. picking teams, yep. this is everybody just sending a ballot. In. Sure. And for Best Picture, you know, it's it's you get so many points for first place, second yep. place, third place, yep. and sometimes it's like the movie that if there was so much, if there was no consensus for the winner. You see all these different movies get first place votes. Yep. If everybody thinks, well, this was like the second sure. or third place Got movie, it. and everybody agrees, that movie wins, and that's what's so crazy. About that that's this exactly
1: time. right. That's exactly right. And when when there is consensus, right, or or the top two, yeah, I mean, chances are ones and twos, right. But when you really, literally, all was it five? I think in a category. Maybe. Uh, for Best
0: Picture, actually, it's nine. Now they expanded it so you can go ten. that was this is a whole Dark Knight thing from years ago. When yeah, people were mad that the Dark Knight didn't get up for Best Picture, and then since then they've been able to nominate up to ten for Best Picture. So
1: we did recognizing we, more. Did we? Um, and I, I've got to go to uh, a, a noon, so I, yeah, this well, will be my last we'll comment. wrap up. Yeah, but but here's my my last <laughs> comment. Didn't we announce a movie incorrectly like a couple years ago? This was two years ago
0: when uh, Warren Beatty and they had it they, incorrect they, they had, on the, the, card, the card was right? wrong yes. Yep. so they had come out la la land had won like everything yes and they just assumed it, I, they had emma stone's name it was like the envelope for best actress and faye dunaway who was alongside warren like they opened the card and warren Beatty looks at it and is like this says Emma Stone. This isn't This isn't the award. And Faye Dunaway just kind of glances and, and she just assumes, well, this is La La Land. La La Land. So they say it. Everybody from La La Land comes up. Damien Chazelle is right. accepting the Oscar. And then they have to march back out and say, hey, there's been a mistake. Moonlight actually was yep. our winner. Yep. And that
1: was probably I don't think I ever one of knew the, the most that. awkward I, I, moments. Yeah, yeah, I I I didn't think Oscar I realized history. that they just had the wrong wrong category. Literally card. the wrong card. Yeah, yep. got it. And yep. and I don't I don't blame her then. She's probably looking at it going, eh, hey, more than both. likely it's gotta be from that movie. Yeah, God. it was plow Yeah. Let's go. So. She was go she was getting it done. Yes, she was. plus they were trying to wrap up. <laughs> yes, they were. Like we're trying to do with this. spot. Exactly. Same deal.
0: So uh <laughs> no issues like that last night. But always fun to see people performing all that good stuff. Well anyway, hopefully for more great performances coming up this week in UN The Athletics on behalf of David Folsky and Bill shapes i'm alex Snyder. thanks again for listening more Build shapes podcasts coming your way one week from now